Well, we welcome you to White House First United Methodist Church. We are grateful to have you to be a part of us today as we enjoy this time of worship through this podcast. Did want to let you know that on Sunday night, November the 12th at 5 o'clock, we will be having our fall festival and would love to have you to join us in person as we have a chance for some fellowship, playing some games, having a bonfire, having a hayride, enjoying some chili and different soups, and do hope that you can come and join us on this very special night. But we are glad you have tuned in. We're going to get started with our podcast, and let us begin with a word of prayer. Gracious Lord, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to be able to come by this mode of communication and technology to be able to be together in a time of worship. Lord, I pray for each person that is listening at whatever time they listen. Give them a sense of your peace and your calm and help us to have a sense of openness to the topic of prayer and the focus today on confession that we will be able to hear these words and apply them in our lives. And we love you and we thank you and we pray these things in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. Lift up your head. 
So today we are continuing in our four-week series on prayer, and we are going to be looking specifically today at the part of the Lord's Prayer that focuses on confession. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. And then a little bit later, we'll look at verses 14 and 15 of that chapter. So as we continue in this series on prayer, I came across a saying from R.A. Torrey that tells us that prayer is the key that unlocks all all the storehouses of God's infinite grace and power. All that God is and all that God has is at the disposal of prayer. And that saying will be in your notes there on this podcast. Now this Acts model that we unveiled last week, we started with the A meaning adoration. And we saw last week how essential it is to give praise to the one we sometimes take for granted that gives us everything that we have. Today we are going to be looking at the C part of this model with confession. Next week we'll be on the T which is Thanksgiving, and then we will finish out the month of November on the S being supplication. So now, what's so important about confession in our prayers? Well, to start off with, none of us do anything wrong, do we? I think we all know the answer to that one. And if we were that good, I don't believe we would need to be here. 
but we all mess up big time and quite often. And as I said last week, every part of our prayer is important, but the confession part needs a little more attention than it sometimes gets. Some people may have the mindset, oh, what's the need in confessing my sins to God? I'll just mess up again in a little while. That may be an excuse against not regularly confessing. But if that is an excuse we use often, we're making a big mistake. If you live that way very long, you won't have a conscience to make you feel guilty for committing those sins. And that's why it is imperative that we make confession a part of our daily lives. It's our way of acknowledging our sins and coming to God to say we blew it. And our need for His forgiveness and help so we don't continue to make the same mistake over and over again. So now we are going to look at the Lord's Prayer and see how important it is in that prayer and why we need it in our everyday lives. Hear now verse 12 of Matthew chapter 6. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, what we just read is a little bit different than what the Lord's Prayer actually says. Notice the difference. Instead of what we say in trespasses, this verse is saying debts. Several versions have debts there. But either version that you may look at is in essence acknowledging sins that we have done and asking for forgiveness and to forgive others that have sinned against us. But in this translation, which is the New Revised Standard Version that I read just a moment ago, it does say debts there. When we think about debts, we've all had those at some point in our life, right? Some of us may still have them today. Sometimes it gets extremely hard to pay them back, isn't it? Well, sin is an awful lot like that. If sin was equated in dollar figures, we would be racking up thousands upon thousands of dollars in debt. The thing is, we can't get out of this kind of debt by filing bankruptcy, can we? And we sure don't need to be trusting our odds at the lottery in hopes to pay it off. We can't come to work at the church day in and day out and think that if we do that, it'll knock off some of the principal sins and the interest of guilt off at the same time. Folks, it just doesn't work that way. Praise God, we got someone that loves us enough 
to have died on the cross so that our sins were and continue to be wiped clean. The only thing that it takes is someone like you and me that's willing to accept that gift and ask for it. That's what confession is all about. There's a story I came across of about a little boy who went to the Washington Monument and he told the guard that he wanted to buy it. The guard asked him how much he had and he said 25 cents. The guard said, that's not enough. And then the kid commenced to pulling out nine more cents. The guard then said, boy, you need to understand three things. 34 cents or $34 million is not enough to buy the Washington Monument. It's number two, it's not for sale. And number three, if you're an American citizen, it already belongs to you. Along those same lines, we need to understand three things about forgiveness. One, we can't earn it. Two, it's not for sale. And three, that if we accept Christ in our life, we already have it. Very important and cool connection of those. Now, it would be very easy for us to end on that note because basically what you've already heard about forgiveness is something you already know about Christianity. If you've been around it and accepted Jesus and know the power of that forgiveness. But as a messenger of God's word, the Lord won't let me stop there. I want us to look again at the last part of verse 12. As we also have forgiven our debtors. Again, different than what we say in the Lord's Prayer, but... We have the same meaning with debt or trespass. So, again, with this version, who's a debtor? A debtor is someone that owes us money. How many have ever had to write off an amount of money that somebody would never pay you? Probably aggravated us but we eventually got over it. Or at least I hope and pray that we do. But here again, this entire verse, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. We ask for one thing, and that is confession. And then we turn back around and accept that confession from someone else. Or we offer that forgiveness to someone else. Kind of like, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's the same way with the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We want God to do something for us. 
and he expects us to keep our end of the bargain. If we think that we can always be on the receiving end, which is confession, and never give forgiveness to someone else, we got a serious problem. I want us to look at the verses that immediately follow the Lord's Prayer in verses 14 and 15, again from Matthew chapter 6. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now we all like verse 14, but verse 15 is not so much. Jesus gives a startling warning about forgiveness. If we refuse to forgive others, God will also refuse to forgive us. Ouch. Why, you might ask, is that there? Why did Jesus have that mentality? Well, it's because when we don't forgive others, we're denying our common ground as sinners in need of God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness of sin is not the direct result of our forgiving others, but it is based on our realizing what forgiveness means. It's easy to ask God for forgiveness, but it is difficult to grant it to others. Now trust me, I've had people that have wronged me too. They've stabbed me in the back, and it still hurt. But I also know that whatever someone has done to me, I've done towards God. I've lied to him. I've stolen from him. I've cheated on him. I've stood him up. And yet every time I do that and then come earnestly and confess my sins to him, he forgives me. Don't you think out of appreciation for all our Lord has done for us that we ought to, out of appreciation for Him, see the need to show the same kind of graciousness to another person after we get the same treatment? If we don't, and we've got harbored feelings of unforgiveness lingering around, we've got to address the problem within ourselves that needs God's attention to get rid of, or else we're going to have a whole lot of baggage on our shoulders that will get heavy after a while. Confession is a hard thing to do. It shows we're vulnerable to someone else. Each time we come for forgiveness... We may feel awful that we're coming to God yet once again asking for forgiveness for the stupid things that we've done. However, we may feel guilty, but this part of our prayer is essential. It lets God know you're recognizing where you've gone wrong and that you're looking to Him for help. And when we earnestly come to Him, He will forgive our sins and will be with us every step of the way. But when we receive this act of love, 
We've also got to be willing to turn right around and do the same for those that have wronged us. And when we do that, we're putting what we receive in action. But if we don't, then I'm going to close with a parable that explains the consequences. Here now, Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35, as we close. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children, and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I'll pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, a very sobering text to end with, but a very important reminder for all of us to know how much and how important it is that we not only confess our sins and ask for that forgiveness, but also for us in the same token to forgive others that have wronged us. 
and have sinned against us. Help us, Lord, as we deal with this confession aspect of our prayers. May we be willing to acknowledge our part. And not only do we receive that forgiveness from you when we humbly come to you, but we also are willing to give that same forgiveness to those around us. Lord, that's going to be impossible for us to do alone. But with your help, I pray that you will give us the strength and the grace to be able to do just that. And we pray these things in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.